Are you the kind of gal who's not interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga, and join me as I interview and learn and get curious about other hairstylists I believe are living life on their own terms, defining what success means for them and living lives in alignment with that. Let's dive in. Hey guys, I'm super excited to share with you that I have brought back my signature course, She Nets Worth, a hairstylist guide to going independent. So if you've been independent for a while and you don't have systems, this course is for you. If you're thinking about going independent and you're not sure if it's what's the right move for you, this course is for you. I know for myself, I wish I had this course. Basically, the first four years I was independent, I struggled because I didn't have the infrastructure or the understanding of the business side of my business. So if this sounds like something you could use some help with, please head over to my website, wavemaking.com, and check out my course. All right, guys. So we're back today with um, my best buddy, Jenny Kahn here. Hi, everyone. Uh, We've talked about having like a lot of different episodes because we have so much that we talk about when we get together. And today I thought it would be cool for us to talk about how we both have changed our drinking habits and how it's helped to change our lives. So Jenny, what what, what made you want to have this conversation? Uh, You know, we've talked about this a few times um, and I have... I made a big shift in my life a few years back and even before I met David and that was five years ago almost <clears throat> and I um, just noticed how different I was and how much I was able to actually uh, see clearly and see what was in front of me rather than um, drink my sorrows away really like what we were talking about like drown our sorrows out um, And what I'm noticing more and more is actually people are kind of jumping on this bandwagon and where before it was kind of like, oh, you need to loosen up a little bit, just have a drink. You couldn't really say out loud that I don't drink because it wasn't as socially accepted. You were kind of the outcast. Um, Yeah. And in the beginning, I was it was like a weird thing. Um, like I was telling you, I would go out, I would order a sparkling water with a twist of lime or lemon in it, just so people wouldn't ask me, why aren't you drinking? And now I'm just kind of like, no, no, I'm okay. I don't really drink. Yeah. No, what you were saying about how, like, you can see what's in front of you. And I know that we both have different stories, but similarities to our stories where I realized from just, you know, over the years realizing like, what I would have had to deal with. I use drinking as a coping mechanism to not have to feel the discomfort of the situations Mm -hmm. that I was in, whether it be like uh, conscious or subconsciously. So consciously, like in a like in a big salon going to parties like I have to be drinking because I have to be comfortable and I couldn't get comfortable unless I drank a little bit but on a deeper level like the internal stuff that was happening and the relationship problems and 
the changes that ultimately I needed to make in my life, I was too uncomfortable to sit with any of that, that I subconsciously, I didn't even know I was doing it, numbing myself so that I could get up and do it again. Because in hindsight, had I not done something to cope and to numb myself, I would have had to have done something about it. And there were years of my life where I feel like I wasn't in a headspace mentally to handle what I would have, what I ultimately ended up having to do and what I ended up having to handle. So I think it's so interesting how we like, just like the mind body connection and Mm -hmm. like, you know, I had a physically healthy body. You were not healthy Mm -mm. in your physical body. Um, and it's just interesting how it can manifest similarly and differently. You know what I mean? Like you started, you said to move your body and it started to like bring this clarity. I feel like I was moving my body and I didn't. And then I was like needing to put the energy somewhere that I was creating. And I was like into drinking. Yeah. Cause you were always active. Always. Yeah. But it was like, I feel like it's all about like what, why you do what you do. And now I feel like, like I'm doing much less like physically and I'm much healthier. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's just really, I don't know the drinking thing, I think in our industry and just, um, for myself, I realized how, like you were saying, like how it makes other people uncomfortable. But also, I think I got so tired. I know you and I've talked about this, like being so tired of being uncomfortable that like I'm okay with other people being a little uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely okay with it now. And, you know, I've told you before how you can't, you know, people are uncomfortable when you're not doing what they're doing. And, um, you know, something that comes up a lot, like that I bring up a lot when on clubhouse rooms, um, I don't, I don't like the, um, stereotype attached to hairstylists um, that we're the drunks of the party, the, the, we're, we're basically the party and without us, there is no party and we show up hung over to work the next day, but we still, you know, slam through those 10 hours, no problem. And then go back at it again. You know, my clients ask me all the time, what are you doing this weekend? Are you going out? Are you guys going to, to you know, obviously not now because yeah. of COVID, but <clears throat> this was a very, um, common question and I'd always say oh no I don't really drink anymore I don't really go out like that anymore and it changed my circle a lot it changed it big time because people are uncomfortable being around others that don't do what they're doing yeah and I don't I'm okay with that because I don't want to be known for that anymore yeah you know I would always drink for people's birthday parties like it was my birthday <laughs> I mean me I too. was the dr- and I didn't know what one drink meant I would out drink everybody yeah the men and the women I had this claim to fame in high school and we were all getting um breathalyzers at this big party with 300 people and my sister heard my name over the loudspeaker of the police officer and he said we've got our first one over the legal limit Lindsay Gannon I thought I was so proud of that I was like what is anyone doing here like like am I the only one really like going for it Uh and I remember thinking like that was that mentality of like 
Oh, like I'm drinking to get drunk. What are you lightweights doing? And I remember just being proud of it and realizing now like, Lindsay, we need to set our sights a little higher. Yeah. Um, But I'm with you. And like also realizing like we've talked about how like if nothing's actually as funny as like nothing. And like, like I was at a wedding recently and the person was like, oh, like my wife's been working. I'm like, oh, cool. Do you work in an office setting? And she's like, no, I work at a sex shop. And I think they thought like, oh, we're all drinking. So like, isn't this funny? And I wasn't drinking because yeah. I was pregnant. And I said, is that, are, are you being, are you making a joke? <laughs> and she said, no. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. Cause I didn't know yeah. if you were or you weren't. Yes. And I like kind of said it funny, but I was like, like, I felt like they were trying to like make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not uncomfortable. No. Are you, I, I just don't understand what you're doing. So is this a, is this a joke or is this really your line of profession? No judgment, just looking for clarification. Yes. And I feel like to me, that example of like drunk Lindsay would have been like, Oh, business must be moving. Uh-huh. And like sober Lindsay is like, okay, like I, you don't need to worry about, like, I felt like, I felt like I caught someone not in a malicious way, but just trying to be like, let's see if we can make people squirm. Yeah. And because I'm not drinking, I feel like I'm much more able to handle someone going for shock value with me. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Because I didn't know if you were being facetious. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So mm-hmm. how, you've worked there a long time? Like, yeah, like I, a smart I, ass taking jabs at these people back. Right. Because I'm like, I'm not going to, like, mm-hmm. I don't really do well anymore when I think people are trying to make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I've been really uncomfortable in my life. It's going to take more than you working at a sex shop to do that. Absolutely. But yeah, I feel like, like just things like that, or like also just seeing, you know, like being around people and being like, wow, like, you know, someone's special event or birthday or whatever, and realizing like that they're numbing the good as mm-hmm. much as they've numbed the bad. <laughs> so like, this is your most happy day of your life and like I see you know like a bride or I'll see like someone at their birthday and it's like they are so wasted Mm -hmm. and they're like they had the time of their life but they won't remember it like I think I see myself in people and I'm like I don't have a lot of memories of these moments that were really awesome I also because it has the adverse effect I don't have a lot of memories of really sad stuff because it's like perfect elixir but I think that I'm willing I'm not willing to numb the good stuff so I'm Anymore, willing to yeah. feel the bad mm-hmm. yeah I think it's interesting it's also you know when you feel the bad and you actually um accept it and you go through it and evaluate it for what it is you're able to get through it a lot quicker than just putting it behind you as and it keeps resurfacing you keep pushing it back it keeps resurfacing you know, you're able to attack these issues head on rather than putting the blinders on and acting like it's not even there. Well, it's like Mark Groves, the speaker says, the conversation you're not having, you're having. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's true for my life with any relationship, but also with drinking. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was unwilling to have this conversation with myself, but you know, like when you hear a little voice or like, it's like, start the podcast or like you feel a nudge to do something. If I'm being really honest over the last probably two to three years, if I've heard anything, it's like, you really shouldn't drink. Yes, absolutely. Like to be the person you want to be, to show up the way you want to show up, to, to have the energy you want to have. And like, you know, I know we're like talking about like the mind body connection, but like I'm getting less sleep than I've ever gotten. I'm like, there's no reason why I should be firing on as many cylinders as I'm filing, mm-hmm. firing on. 
but I really believe it's because I'm not drinking, I'm, t- I'm eating better. And I'm like, okay, like I don't have the same wiggle room I had pre-kid and I want, mm-hmm. all these things are so important to me. Drinking's just so low on that mm-hmm. list. Absolutely. David always says like, when you're not feeling well and, and you're, you're constantly searching for what the problem is, why do you keep adding all these insults to your body and you're still wondering what the problem is. Like, it couldn't possibly be you. Like, what I was saying yeah. with all those things I was doing to myself. You know, I couldn't possibly be the issue. I couldn't possibly be the reason why I'm still stuck in this place. You know, it... Yeah, the lack of you ownership. Gotta, yeah, you really have to take ownership for what you're doing. And... No one walked down to Walgreens and brought those six packs for four years Mm -hmm. at my last business and made me sit in my shampoo bowl chair after work and drink all these beers and be like, wait, you're going home? Why are you leaving me? Like, no one made me do that. And in hindsight, it's like, I don't know, I felt like it would, if I look back, I'm like, that that right there should have been a clue Mm -hmm. that there was something I was avoiding that I'm at work at 10 o'clock at night sitting in a chair drinking, mm-hmm. oftentimes alone. Like, what what were you avoiding? Because mm-hmm. to me, I think that that's what drinking does for me. It allows me to avoid um, the good and the bad. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't have the energy to wake up in the morning. Like, when I, like, got pregnant, I feel like I was like, oh, I have so much energy. This child's giving me so much energy. And in hindsight, I'm like, but maybe it was that you weren't you drinking. Were drinking. And that's the thing, like... It's all so connected. I I say that all the time because, you know, our sleep is so important. When we when we are doing things to disrupt our sleep, I'll have coffee, but it won't be past noon. I won't have more than my one cup of a day, you know, if I even have it that day. Um, but even things like drinking or the foods that we eat or, you know, anything we're doing, it can all disrupt our sleep. Yeah. And disrupting our sleep would affect our energy levels. It, it, the, the things that we do that affects us physically will affect us emotionally and mentally. It, the things that affects us emotionally will affect us physically. We have to um, really look at the big picture and start knocking off what's not working. Right, like minimalism for your life. Like exactly. I'm really into that about, like, that's why like I like how I'm eating now. It's like minimalism for food. Mm-hmm. We don't need as much food as we think. And, like, I think about... Uh, like when you talk about sleep, like I'm getting way less sleep than I've ever gotten. So I really feel like, you know, I was like, okay, well then I need to, I need to knock some other things out because I don't have the same bounce back because nothing's going to make up for the sleep I'm not getting. So I stopped drinking caffeine. Oh, good for you. We only do decaf. Any crutch that could possibly be in my life that I could have handled before, Mm -hmm. I don't have the ability to to cope as much yes. because of the lack of sleep. So it's just really Good interesting you. when you think about like, I don't know, I, I have this post I haven't made yet because I don't know if it's really going to translate, but it's like pre-child hairstyles. It's like up at seven, Lindsay time till eight, leisurely leave for the salon at 8.15. And then it says, <laughs> and then it says I have to work today. Mm-hmm. And then the, the post um, mom like hairstylist, it's like, up at 12 a.m. feeding baby, up at 5 a.m. feeding baby, up for the day at 6. Like at 6 a.m. it's coffee, yoga, like workout, journal, all within like a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Then it's like get baby ready, get myself ready, get the bottles ready, get out the door. I get to go to work today. 
And to me, that's an example of like a complete reframe. I'm doing way more like juggling and figuring out, but I get to go to work versus I had this life that um, I sometimes felt like I had to Mm -hmm. go to work. Yeah, I like that. That's a... Even when you think about like when we were younger and showing up to work after you've been out all night and what that felt like working throughout the day. I remember I was 23 years old and I went out the night before. It was a Friday night um, for a birthday party and I told myself I'm not going to drink. Famous last words. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, I was the most drunk there because that's how I operate operated and I showed up to work I pulled over twice because I had to puke on the Mm -hmm. way to work I it was a booked day my manager looked at me and she said what the fuck is wrong with you and I said I'm so sorry I drank so much I I I literally cannot work the rest of the day like I was ready did you I left home after my first client and I never ever did that again it was my first year working at that salon I'm lucky she didn't fire me I canceled the entire day because I was and I maybe I maybe puked like 10 more times that day I was sick it was probably alcohol poisoning yeah I mean if I mean it was (laughs) it was yeah. Probably. This is what we do. Like, we put no, the band-aid on. Like, yeah. it was maybe that. It could have been other things. But yeah. it was alcohol poisoning. I had been under the weather previous mm-hmm. to whatever. And but- I'm the blackout drunk. You know, I'm the drink until you puke drunk. I'm the, you know, oh, I don't do beer. Oh, no, I don't do mixed drinks. Oh, you know what? Just do one ice cube because I don't want to dilute it drunk. And was I an alcoholic? I don't know. I don't know what alcoholic means. Because we only see such extreme, excuse me, such extreme versions of it. So, was I an alcoholic? Maybe I was a functioning al- alcoholic. I like to say that I just don't think I have a healthy relationship to alcohol. Yes. Like I feel like, like I don't like. I feel like, yeah, I don't like labels because I mm-hmm. feel like then everyone's just like, oh, this person's that, this person's yes. that. I like things that are things aren't black and white. There's a lot more yes. fluidness to everything. But I'm with you, like. Like, I, I didn't need AA to stop. I didn't no, need this, no. like, therapy session for it. I just stopped. But now, it's honestly not even a thought in my mind where before I would think at the end of my day, oh, my God, who wants to go out for a drink? Yes, yes. And now I'm like, oh, sometimes when I see people in my story, and this is not in a judgmental way, I I can't believe that that's not in my line of vision. I don't, I don't think about alcohol. When I see people doing a cheers, I, I'm like, oh, wow, that's something that I used to do yeah. all the time. And now it's not even a thought in my mind. Like you had asked me, you know, do you drink at all, really? Like, and I told you, you know, last year I maybe ordered five drinks total within the entire year. And I also don't go out to eat a lot, so that whatever. But I I can't even say I finished those drinks. Like I ordered them because I love bubbles. Yeah. But you know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying a glass here and there. But 
even after finishing a glass of wine, some I feel dehydrated. I know what the effects are yeah. now of alcohol, you know? Yeah, I, I feel it. And once you separate yourself from something long enough, if you distance yourself enough from something, even that little bit, you'll notice the negative effects it had on you. Like if you're away from somebody long enough and then you see them again, you remember why you didn't want to be around them to begin with. Yep. It's the same thing with food. It's the same thing with alcohol, anything lifestyle related. If you give yourself enough space, you see more clearly and you understand exactly why it shouldn't be there. Right. Well, I was thinking about how, like, I was someone who liked to drink, like, a glass of red wine or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I remember thinking, like, when I would go out with girlfriends, like, I didn't know, like, what I should order. Because I feel like in a, like, a kind of a sleazy bar setting, like, you don't order wine. And I remember always being like, well, what are you guys having? And, like, not really ever being, like, a hard alcohol person, Mm -hmm. but feeling, like, in social settings that were, like, kind of more club-like or whatever. Like, people don't drink wine. And I remember, like, trying to figure out, like, well, what could I order that would be, like, cool or acceptable? And not even... I wasn't even trying to be cool as much as, like, fit in. Yeah. Like we were talking about in the beginning. And it's like, well, what do people like us drink? And it's like, I just would look left and look right, and everyone was doing vodka sodas. But, like... I can get really drunk really fast because I don't really drink hard alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just realizing, like, maybe there was a clue there. No, there was. Yeah. Of, like, if you don't know what to drink in these settings because you're not someone who is in these settings, why are you putting yourself in these positions where you're having to put on someone else's facade or, mm-hmm. like, to, to show up here? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Because maybe you wouldn't even have been hanging with the people you no, were hanging with. Not at all. And I think back to like even like high school and like things like that. And I'm like, if I knew I liked to run back then as much as I do now, like would I have done something totally different? Mm-hmm. And I think like a lot of us come from like you and I talk about a lot, like the different environments we were raised in and like kind of the ways we go through the world and how it's uh, so impacted by mm-hmm. how we grew up. And I feel like I kind of grew up wanting to get out of my situation and drinking really did that for me and then it was something I I carried in my life as a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. another thing too is like uh you know I, I really had to sit down and think about what it was that I needed work on what it was that um what my crutches were and what uh was going to keep me from getting ahead. And all those things circled back to the way I ate and the way I drank. Um, because it was, it was, those were the two things that made me not feel good. And those two went hand in hand because, you know, I would binge drink and then I would binge eat. And the, I mean, the, the drinking even more so because, Just like the alcohol part, it was uh, something that I never said out loud, but something I did a lot was I would um, drink so much. I would eat afterwards because we'd go out and eat at Mm -hmm. night. And then I would go to the bathroom and throw up. And I did that for years because I would feel so bad. 
Yeah. And I don't know if that's a common thing or not, but that was very frequent in my life. Yeah. From, from when I was 18, honestly, until I was almost 30 years old, I would do that. Wow. Because you felt so much. I felt it's almost so like a release. Bad. Yes. Yeah. And it was like, oh, maybe I won't feel as bad the next day. And I am, if you, if you know your weak points, then you know what to stay away from. So you don't overindulge in your weak points. Yeah. And one thing I, I love to do is sulk. I love to sulk. It, when I, oh my God, I would lock myself in my room and I would sulk. And that was my adult way of sulking because I wasn't a kid anymore. I couldn't lock mm-hmm. myself in my room and play Mariah Carey and sulk, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was the, the thing I could do by myself. I would lock the bathroom stall. Nobody knew I was in there. Nobody followed me. And I would just cry my sorrows away and I'd this pitiful mess, sulking, puking in the... T- it was just a... It was pitiful. Well, it's it almost like pitiful. it manifested differently as a grown up. Yes. But you got the same, um, like you were searching for a feeling that you were, that was comfortable yes. and you got it through that. Oh yes. That was my, like that, that little kid blanket that you walk around security with that blanket. blanket, the security yeah. blanket, you well, know, I've been saying a lot lately that like as a hair sauce, I was like, I was uncomfortable with short term discomfort. So I was mm-hmm. willing to like always on the back end have the discomfort. Mm-hmm. Whereas like now I feel like I get as uncomfortable more frequently, but I'm willing to do it on the front end because I know that a good life's on the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas like alcohol for me is like, I can feel good in this moment. Like yeah. it's like, it's like that warm, fuzzy feeling. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side of it is the hard stuff. It's like, I feel like I was very much living my life like comfort first, um, discomfort later. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, Hit me with everything uncomfortable today because mm-hmm. I wanted to be up from here. Absolutely. And I feel like that alcohol was a big part of like having my life feel good in the moment. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like staying late for that person. It was like almost like for me, it's like taking a hit. It's like in like getting high, like mm-hmm. someone being like, oh my God, I can't believe you got me in. You saved the day. You saved my life. And it's like, yes, that feels so good. Like, and then it's like, I go home and later I feel really discomfort, a ton of discomfort because I'm, I've spread myself too thin. I needed to feel good on the front end. So I pay for it later. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to go with drinking. There's a lot to, I mean, even the, you know, it brought the most extreme side out of me and I'm already extreme. I feel like I can be so quiet, but I, I feel like sometimes my presence can be so loud and my laugh is really loud and it got even louder. My opinions are loud, but they're, I don't really speak up when I'm not drinking, but God knows I do when I'm after a few, everyone knows what I think. And I need to learn how to, or I needed to learn. Yeah. And there's still a lot of um, growth that needs to happen always I hope forever I will feel that way and I will always want to get better um but there was a a lot I needed to learn to get comfortable with I had to learn to be um comfortable with uh me and I had to be comfortable with the idea of people being uncomfortable with me like you said if they didn't like the sober Jenny that's okay and it's really funny because 
almost 100% of the people, I can say 90% of the people that were in my life when I drank, smoked, abused my body, um, they're not in my life anymore. And I could cry thinking about it, but in a happy way. Mm-hmm. I feel so... Um, I feel I feel so free. I don't feel like it's something I ran away from. I feel like it's something I was able to put behind me and say that was a part of my life, and I'm so happy it was, and I'm so happy I'm moving forward. I you love know? that. Oh, I love that. Just like to end on that note of like, and then I decided to just like be me yeah. and like like look at all the things we were doing to like cover up who we actually were and like people that are for you that are meant to come alongside you can't come until you actually start showing up as that person and I 100% agree and I was having this thought the other day because I was around people and I was thinking like that person might not like you and I remember and it still hits me like and then I thought to myself be your own therapist Beth can't be on call Mm 24-7 so I said (laughs) to myself I I said to myself yeah she doesn't like you Mm -hmm. and what and what and what does that change Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, well, nothing. But never, I never stop wanting to be liked. So I need to just be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And it didn't change my life at all. This realization that that I might not be liked by someone. And it's like it's still like there's not enough vodka in the world for mm-hmm. that. There's like, and I just think getting more comfortable being yourself allows you to stand more fully and grounded in who you are and mm-hmm. be okay with like not everyone's going to be your best friend and you know like I, I don't know I just think that everything you said is just like how we should end this mm-hmm. and like I like feel like I feel like proud of the Lindsay I am today but mm-hmm. I'm grateful for the Lindsay that got yes, me here absolutely. and um, I feel like the Lindsay that got me here was highly highly medicated on alcohol mm-hmm. um, and I'm grateful to her because she was the engine, that, the engine that could, mm-hmm. but now I get to enjoy it and I'm so grateful. And, uh, yeah, I feel like you're, you're, you came into my life, I think on the heels Perfect. of all of it. So Perfect timing, divine yeah. timing. Absolutely. Things don't happen to us. They happen for us. So. Yeah. And I think God. we had people in our lives that things happened to them uh-huh. and they're no longer in our lives. Yes. I think that that's like the last part of it is like, we've choose to see that things that they happen for us. And I think the people that have fallen off mm-hmm. have ch- choose to see life a different way. And that's totally cool. That's their prerogative. It's just, you're not, you're not hitching a ride here no. anymore. Good day. Oh, Lindsay, I love you. I'm so happy to grow with you. <laughs> you too. Oh my goodness.